God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say that you shouldn't eat from the tree in the garden? The woman said to the snake, we may eat the fruit of the garden's trees, but not the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden. God said, don't eat from it and don't touch it or you will die. The snake said to the woman, you won't die. God knows that on the day you eat from it, you will see clearly and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. The woman saw that the tree was beautiful with delicious food and that the tree would provide wisdom. So she took some of its fruit and ate it and also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then they both saw clearly and knew that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made garments for themselves. This is a reading for, from Holy Scripture for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Season of Lent right now began this past Wednesday with Ash Wednesday. Maybe you were here to observe Ash Wednesday. And uh, this is the first Sunday in the season of Lent, which is 40 days before Easter, not including the Sundays. I have had people ask me before, where is Lent in the Bible? Why do we observe Lent if it's not in the Bible? And, and we have those conversations, but listen, spring break's not in there either, and that doesn't seem to bother anybody. Everybody's <laughs> all about some spring break. But, but there, these 40 days, I mean, there is representation of spending 40 days sort of in the wilderness or just in reflection Looking to God, Noah and the ark, 40 days and 40 nights. I mean, the Israelites were in the desert 40 years. Jesus was tempted in the desert for 40 days. And so we do have this in our history of taking this time to set aside for what has become for us a time of reflection, introspection, repentance. A time to set aside our own thoughts and ways to really be attuned to God. Historically, the Lent season was a time for uh, new Christians to prepare to be baptized on Easter Sunday. And so this season of Lent was a time for them to learn and understand and be aware of all that it means to be a Christian so that on that Easter Sunday when they go to, went to be baptized, they could do that fully aware and prepared to stand and say, yes, I believe, and I want to be a part of the work of God in the church. And so we still observe this season, this, this practice. And for some of us, maybe it's a time to give something up, set something aside as a way to make space in our lives for God. Others, maybe we take on something. We add a spiritual discipline or practice to pray more or read the scripture more, as Jessica said, with the kids. Maybe we can think about it as a way to spring forward into what God has for us in life. We're going to redeem this loss of an hour that we had today one way or the other. So, so maybe you know, Lent can just be our way to spring forward into what God has for us. But however we observe it, this season can be especially meaningful for us in times where Things feel tumultuous. To refocus, recenter, recalibrate. 
So over these next five weeks together, we're going to be diving into this sermon series in the wilderness, because we do know that as often when we are in the wilderness that we have time to pray and fast and meditate, being more aware of God's touch on what is happening in our lives. Now, wilderness can be experienced in a whole lot of different ways. Sometimes it's by accident or even because of an accident that we find ourselves in the wilderness. Other times, choices that we make or choices that are made that impact us land us in a time of wilderness. Wilderness does not only mean 40 years in a desert or even 40 days, but sometimes it can simply be a place in your life where you're being exposed to maybe a new context or a new idea, a different way of thinking, and it can cause us to feel unsettled or unsure. Wilderness can be something incredibly specific to your life, something personal that you're going through, but it can also be communal, something shared with others. Now, being in the wilderness is not inherently bad. It can just feel incredibly unfamiliar. But we also know that the wilderness can be a great place for enlightenment, a place and a time of of new learning, a time of discovery. Now, I think it is fair to say that we don't tend to volunteer for the wilderness. We don't raise our hand and sign up and say, take me there, unless we feel like we might know and understand the conditions that we're stepping into. Generally, the wilderness feels daunting, scary, isolating. We can even feel hopeless. But as we will be reminded and bear witness to, the wilderness can be a time to prepare us to live into the learning that can occur there, that brings to us the opportunity for transformation and and new life and, and new birth. Because we also know That on the other side, there can be a real deep, rich, and profound sense of discovery in our lives. But when we're in the midst of it, of this wilderness, we can sometimes feel like that we are grasping to even see a hint of light out on the horizon. And for Adam and Eve, as we read about in our story today, it was a decision that they made that led them into the time of wilderness. And in fact, the story of Adam and Eve is one of our earliest biblical wilderness stories. Of course, for them, the wilderness was the Garden of Eden. Now, we read this story, and we can read it to be about two people. Adam and Eve, and their experience in the wilderness, in the garden. We can also read this story and find it to be the story of all of us. 
the story of humanity. In fact, the word in Hebrew for Adam just means human, person, humanity. And so we can read this story about Adam and Eve, and we can also read this story about us, humans. And the story that Adam and Eve have in the garden, their experience is an experience that we all have in the wilderness, and that is that they come face to face with temptation. With the temptation that's presented to them in the form of the snake, the serpent. But it's true of all of us in life, in our wilderness moments. Have you ever felt like you were in the wilderness? Lost? On unsure footing? It's true of all of us that... In those moments, one of the very real things that we can encounter is temptation. In the midst of having these new and unexpected experiences, we find ourselves in unfamiliar places and in circumstances we've never had before. And it was in that wilderness where God had said to Adam and to Eve, just one thing, just don't... Eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Step into the garden for a minute. There are so many other trees that have lush and rich fruit. But God gives this instruction, don't eat from that one. There's a modern theologian, uh, Leonard Sweet, who talks about this in regards to our lives of faith. That out of the thousands of trees that we see out there for us that are all yeses, we often perceive and focus on the no. And this can be true of our lives of faith, that we focus on the no instead of what God is affirming is so many yeses. Adam and Eve knew that that tree of knowledge was a no, but when presented with that enticing story, they quickly folded, giving into that temptation, the tempter in this case being that snake. When we give into temptation, it has been our very natural sense, even since the beginning of time that we can see in this in this story, to blame someone else, right? Can I get an amen on that? Adam blames God or Eve. Eve wants to blame the snake. And the reality of giving in, whoever we might want to blame, is that we are the ones that have to deal with and encounter the consequences. Now, while we know that Adam and Eve did not immediately die, I wonder, was there something that died in that moment? Was it their innocence? They certainly did immediately realize that they were naked, 
or naked if you're from the south. (laughs) And so they saw that they needed to cover themselves up, sewing together some fig leaves. Was it their conscious that they became aware of that uh, allowed them to, to see something in a new way? Because originally, in their own minds, they rationalized their decision thinking, surely this isn't going to be too bad, right? And that temptation that was brought to them by the serpent was, you can know what God knows. That sounds pretty enticing. (laughs) You can be even with God. That can't be bad, right? So go on. It'll be fine. Have a taste. And again, come on. Who among us, when somebody says, okay, you're welcome to any of that except this thing, who among us doesn't go, ooh, that thing? Well, that must be what I want then. You can go anywhere. Just don't go over there. Where do you go? There. You're welcome to any of it. Just not that. And it's like the toddler inside of us kicks in. We want that. Whatever that thing is that we're told not to. And that's exactly what happened with Eve and with Adam. When the snake came tempting them, and I don't know if Eve actually had a conversation with a snake. Maybe she spoke parcel tongue. I I don't know. It could be. Any Harry Potter fans in the house? No? Thank you. But however it came to pass, Eve and Adam were tempted To know like God knows. To put themselves equal with God. To say, God's words are my words. To put their own signature on God's word. Who doesn't think that sounds tempting? And then in the midst of that temptation, they realized their decisions had consequences. For instance, they discovered that they were naked. 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 (laughs) They were naked. It was Mark Twain who said, humans are the only animals who blush and the only ones that need to. (laughs) Because in that desire to have that knowledge and that clarity about themselves and life and the world and thinking that they could be as much or as even or equal to God and and could understand what they discovered was their own humanity, their own vulnerability. They discovered what was missing and what needed to be covered up. Decisions have consequences. How many times has a parent told that to a child? (laughs) Decisions have consequences. 
And yet we want to live in some reality where that's not true. Like, I want to get there as fast as possible, but I don't want that speeding ticket. Or, I don't want to miss my kid's ball game, but I just got to get these last few emails out. Or, I still want to fit in my clothes, but that food looks so good. (laughs) Or to make it really personal, (laughs) I just drove by Dandy Donuts. Like, how do you drive by Dandy Donuts and not stop and get one more? The reality is, is you don't drive by Dandy Donuts and and not stop in. The reality for this story of Adam and Eve that it's a little bit later than what we just read when they are actually instructed by God to leave the garden completely. Arguably, at that point, is when they enter even deeper and fuller into a wilderness period. And yet we also see their lives continue. We learn about their children and, and more about their journey. When we are having a wilderness moment, we can feel like it's never going to end. That's one of the difficulties and the challenges for us in the unfamiliar. I don't know if there is a readiness that we can have for the wilderness. It's hard to convince yourself, I'm just going to go into that. And it's true of our lives that we, we tend to hear what we want to hear. And yet in our times of wilderness, the clarity that we gain is not always what we want to hear. But what we need to hear. Sometimes that moment of clarity comes when we find ourselves at the bottom of the pit feel like we are completely lost when we have no clue what to do next. Even when we feel afraid and insecure, clarity comes when we aren't even seeking it sometimes. Now there are hindrances and and challenges that also can force us to have a different perspective Even allowing us to see the blessings of life in a new way. Maybe even to understand someone else's perspective that we haven't been able to see before. Adam and Eve could not go back to what they had or where they'd been before. Their choice did have consequences, and yet it wasn't. The end. We get more to the story. And I want to continue on in verses 8 and 9. So let's continue to listen to what happens next in this story. It reads, During the day's cool evening breeze, they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the Lord God in the middle of the garden's trees. The Lord God called to the man and, and said to him, Where are you? And in that moment, God, in spite of or maybe in response to the fact that Adam and Eve, humans, humanity, had given in to the temptation 
to make themselves equal with God. Misplaced their trust and put it in themselves rather than in God. Even in that moment, in the cool of that evening, we see that God came looking for them and said, where are you? And we hear God again saying, trust me. And in this story of humanity in the wilderness, we see ourselves tempted to misplace our trust. Deciding, choosing rather than trusting God, even in the mystery of the unknown, and that there would be things that we can't know and won't know and maybe don't need to know or should know. But instead, being willing to go after any and all knowledge for ourselves and put our names on it and make it ours. And in that way, turn over our trust of God. That even still in that wilderness moment, God says, trust me. You know, the song we're going to sing in, in just a little bit is called It Is Well. Maybe you know the words written by Horatio Spafford who had his own wilderness moment when his children were killed in a shipwreck crossing the sea. And when his wife wrote back to him and said that she was the only one that had survived, that his children had all perished, of course, he was devastated, found himself in the wilderness of grief and pain. And then when he got on a ship to cross the ocean to go be with his wife, the story goes that when he got to the place where his children's ship had sunk, he was inspired to write the words to this hymn, It is well with my soul. And in that moment, he was inspired to trust in God even in the wilderness. The truth is, is we don't know what would have happened if Adam and Eve didn't make the choice they made. And in reading this story, I think that if we're honest with ourselves, that many of us can likely connect and think that if we were given the exact same option and choice, we wouldn't say, yes, I probably would have done the same thing. When things don't go as we planned or as we hoped or as we wanted, it is often in those moments that we become more aware of God's mercy. God called out to them to find them. And in talking with them, God addressed what they had done. But God has mercy. Later on in the story, we even hear how God fashioned together some finer clothes than those fig leaves and gave them some leather garments to wear. Now, during the season of Lent, we are being invited to reflect and to look inward, to to look at some spiritual disciplines and practices 
And one of those is confession. Sharing those misdeeds we have done, or even maybe just those places where we haven't been aware. We see that after God calls to Adam and Eve, they eventually respond to God, confessing what they have done. Because in our confession... One of the gifts that we have is that we can come out from the hiding. We don't have to hide anymore. And yes, often we do have to deal with whatever our actions cause to us, to other people. And yet God does not abandon us. God's going to stay near to us, even call out to us in the midst of those times when our human will is weak or we simply make poor decisions. It's in times of wilderness that we remember that God desires for us to have a fullness of life. There is so much fruit out there for us, so many yeses. God even desires for us to have wisdom. And yet maybe the wisdom that we see that Adam and Eve and we as humanity, is that even though it's not what they expected, and their humanness and as citizens of God's world, we are called to be people who listen when God is speaking to us. There's a lot of snakes out there in the world. But we are called to listen and to follow the voice of God. And our prayer is that for each of us in this season of Lent, as we journey together, that we might be attuned, aware of things within us, the personal side of things, have the boldness to go there and to search deeply. That's what this season of Lent is for. And also together, a communal act of journeying together, listening, crying out for God to speak to us. And oh dear God, may we be aware Of God's voice. Sometimes it's going to be a still, small voice, but it's calling out to you, to me, to us. May we listen. May we listen. As we close today, our invitation is to. To listen to God. Maybe you got to participate in an Ash Wednesday service either here or somewhere else. We're at the beginning of this journey. You're invited on it. So maybe this morning you need to spend a moment thinking and reflecting on something that would be good for you to give up. Or something that would be helpful for you to to take on in this season of Lent. Let's journey together. Will you stand and let us sing our last hymn together this this morning?